It is Sam Sermons, Season 1, Episode 10 of What Do I Do Now? It's crazy, I've already gotten 10 episodes underneath my belt, but it's been an exciting ride, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. Make sure you're following me, subscribing. However you're listening to this, make sure you just press the subscribe button from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Anchor, whatever the case may be, make sure you are subscribed because there are a lot of great interviews still coming up this season. And this one is definitely not an exception to that rule. And it's another one that social media actually put together because I have yet to meet this person in real life. COVID is, you know, mess up everything. But in a very, very serious note, Kat Polavota is an incredible businesswoman, an incredible person, an activist. And we are really going to break down to why this episode is called Self Made because she literally started from an online e commerce level to an actual brick and mortar store, the whole nine. So for all my entrepreneurs, for everyone that's, you know, trying to get a business off the ground in this difficult season, definitely make sure you're paying attention to this episode entitled Self-Made. Let's go. Kat, how you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I'm I'm really good. And I'm excited to be on your podcast. And Kat, thank you again for joining me. It is a true honor and true pleasure to have you here on the podcast And also, because we're in a pandemic, I have to ask, you know, how are you dealing with the changes of everything? How are you navigating right now? You know, I think I'm doing all right. It's been like, I I, I don't know if the word emotional roller coaster is appropriate, but it's just been like a lot of ups and downs, you know? I mean, this has been, it's been months, and I don't think that we're anywhere close to being over. Um, So I guess like for me personally and for my business, it's like... Things haven't been great, but also there's been a lot of, like, lovely things happening. Um, So, yeah, I think overall good. I will say, like, August, this summer was nice, and August was a really good month for me. I think it's because I got to just, like, get outside more. Um, But now it's September, (laughs) and it just feels like there's a lot of of work to do, you know? So how we have crossed paths was actually due to your sister. I followed her on Twitter, and... I want to say she might have retweeted you a long time ago. And this is early Twitter, like not the new Twitter (laughs) where we hate the retweet feature. But um, she had retweeted that, you know, you had your online shop called Cat's Closet. And, you know, just tell the people how it started from that to where you are now. Yeah, it was all just sort of. I don't know, both very random and also kind of calculated. So um, in 2014, like the very beginning of 2014, I had clothes to sell and I thought, oh, I'll just like sell these online. And I was going to put stuff on eBay because like this was, you mentioned like, you know, Twitter was, was a while ago. Everything, like it feels like stuff as we know it now wasn't there. So like there are platforms like Poshmark and Depop where people sell clothes all the time now, but those things were not if they existed, they weren't popular enough for me to know about them at the time. So I was going to put clothes on eBay because that's like all the only thing I had in my mind is like a platform to sell. Um, and it, I'm a plus size person. And so it was important for me to take pictures and clothes before I sold them because like I knew from my perspective, like I would never just look at something on a hanger on someone's Instagram wall and think, oh, that'll fit me. You know, like you just you need to have more. You need to have a better picture of it. So um, I took a bunch of pictures, and but, but I thought, well, before I put these on eBay, if I'm going to ship them anyway, why don't I just put these on my social media and see if anybody I know, like, wants them or, like, you know, is interested in buying them for me? And in a weekend, I made $300, and I thought, oh, this is a thing. And also, it was great because, like, there were people, some that I wasn't super close with, who I then was, like, talking to about clothes and, like, body stuff, and it just felt like um, it was just, like, a great 
Uh, so I sold more of my clothes and then um, started going thrift shopping. And I was living in New Orleans at the time, and there's actually some pretty good thrift shops there. Um, it was tough about plus size clothing, especially like in a, thr a traditional thrift shop is like you just have to go through so much crap to find the good stuff. And usually there's good stuff there. Like I, um, I guess I'm a little different, but like I've never been in a thrift shop where I haven't been able to find something, but sometimes you really got to dig. So for years I would go to thrift shops. I would find like those diamonds in the rough, rescue them from all the, you know, other trashy clothes they were in with. I would bring them home, um, take pictures, and post things online, and then I would ship all over the country. So this started in 2014 with like a little Facebook page, and then I got a website, and then the next year I got a better website, and then I started doing like pop-ups, like going different places and selling clothes, um, and in 2015, the very end of 2015, I moved back to Minnesota with the intention of opening my first brick-and-mortar shop here. Um, yeah, and that's what I did. So my shop opened in 2017. Um, and I just have one location right now, but I'm looking forward to growing in the upcoming years. Um, yeah, I think that's like a very, that's the quick version of everything that happened. <laughs> All right. So you basically found a niche market in a community that was being underserved. And of course, when it comes to, you know, selling clothes, like when you first started, there wasn't a Poshmark out there. There wasn't Facebook Marketplace where you can just sell everything online digitally. So you really did it from the ground up. And for you, being a plus-size activist, a if I'm not mistaken, you're, in your own words, a fativist, um, to make sure that, you know, that community is served. Can you, you know, elaborate on that? Well, that's so cute. I would say, no, I would say, <laughs> I would say fat activist. I call myself fat. And that's something that like, I feel very like comfortable with. And I feel like it's like part of me and who I am. And I think like, so what you're saying, it's like, it's true. We live in a fat phobic culture and like, you know, clothing is no exception and things have gotten better as years have gone on. But like, especially in thrifting and resale, as the years go, resale shopping has become more and more and more in vogue but there's just so um there's such limited options for plus size folks especially in the larger plus sizes um and i think that you know for me throughout the years like i even noticed this like in that first moment in 2014 like selling plus size clothing is a way in to more conversations about body positivity and fat liberation and like confidence and people just like being comfortable and, and feeling good in their bodies. Um, and for me, you know, I like fashion a lot. I love deals a lot. <laughs> uh, I like working for myself, but you know, like those things, if it weren't for the ability to like have deeper conversations with folks and then, you know, kind of open their eyes up to the businesses that are part of our culture related to people living in larger bodies and also like all of those identities intersecting with that. If it weren't for that, I don't think that I would be as interested in like doing what I do, you know? And this is where the title of this episode comes from, Self-Made, because if I'm remembering correctly, you had a whole full-time corporate America job yeah. and also doing this side hustle. Like, this became, I'm working for myself. I'm going to work towards yep. my passion. I'm going to put everything I have into my own business and also take care of a community I happen to be a part of. Of course, because that's like everyone's dream, right? Like, how do I make my side hustle my main hustle? Um, and I don't know if I did it well, <laughs> but I've done it. Like, and now I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. The pandemic is like trying its hardest to to make me struggle. But um, overall, I think that like things have gone in a really good direction. So um, 
I have always had side hustles. Like when I started selling clothes and I, so my shop is called cake plus size resale. But back when I first started, I just called it cat's closet for lack of like a better name. Um, and when I started that, like it was like my like second or third side hustle. Like I, I had a full-time job at the university. I was also adjunct instructing at a community college for a while. I like was like doing demonstrations in grocery stores. Like I just, I've always been someone who's not afraid um, to work and have like always had side hustles. Um, but then when I started with this, like I was able to realize like, oh, there's something here. And I think it was a very slow and steady growth that enabled me um, to start kind of thinking like, oh, this could be my main gig. This could be the, you know, the main thing I do. Okay, so we're going to circle back to how you started with Cake. So if you could share with my listening audience exactly how you got to your brick and mortar. When I opened up the brick and mortar shop, I had to make a lot of like assumptions. So um, I took a business class um, through a, a organization called w- Women Venture here in Minneapolis that helps women build and grow businesses. So I like learned how to write a business plan. And as part of that, I really had to like make some guesses and assumptions of like how much money I could make, like how much can I sell? You know, I was at a point like kind of in my gut, I had known for a couple of years, like I'm just at capacity. Like I need to have more, like people will buy the clothes if I can get the clothes to sell, you know? And so I conceptualized like a change in how I did my business instead of me going and kind of, you know, finding clothes places and then selling them. I wanted to have a brick and mortar space where people could bring their clothes to me and I could buy clothes from people for cash or store credit and then sell those clothes. And that's similar to like how a lot of resale shops work, like Plato's Closet or like Buffalo Exchange, same deal, except my shop is just, you know, plus sizes. And when I was in that business class, I had to like guess, like, well, how much money, you know, like an educated guess, right? Like, how much money can you make? And so in 2016, the whole year, I did like $12,000 in sales. And I thought, okay, well, what I think I could do is like $12,000 in sales every month. Like, I think if I had a brick and mortar space, like that could be doable. And so that's kind of like what I projected. And that's what happened. And in fact, like last year when we were, you know, pre-pandemic, some months I was able to do double that or even a little bit more. So it's like you have to kind of, um, I don't know, this maybe makes it sound much easier than it was. But it's like knowing what I had um, kind of gleaned from years of selling stuff online, I had an idea how this could all work. um, And that really helped set me up for success in like making those bigger moves, you know. Had I just decided, oh, that sounds like a great idea, I don't think I would have had the support from other people, but I also don't think I would have had the experience and just kind of like, you just, you, it, you sort of accidentally learn things when you're going through it. it can help you then when things become a little bit more real. And the beautiful thing about this is, I this is our first real conversation we've really had to break this down because, again, when you see from the outside looking in, it's just like, I see the grind that it took to get here, but to really understand that all you invested into this and all the work you put in is manifesting into this right now. This is absolutely earned. Like this is something that you pulled out of essentially out of your own book. Like you wrote this down and said, you know what? I want to do this. And now you're doing it. And that's incredible to me. And that's why I definitely wanted to make sure I had you on this podcast because I knew there was a story here and I knew that there was a, a purpose in everything you were doing. So I, first off, I appreciate you even sharing all this with me. Thank you. And I mean, also, like, things are good or things have been like this, though, the way things have went is it's kind of like the dream. Right. But it took a long time. I mean, we're talking like 
it was like six and a half years ago that I sold that first thing online. And also I had like a part-time job. Even when I opened my brick and mortar shop, I had a part-time job for even a few months into that. And then that first year without that part-time job, 2018 was a struggle. It was a rough year. And actually there was even like a couple rough years before that. So there's been a lot of, um, it hasn't been all like, oh, easy peasy, all my bills get paid on time, you know? But now, or I guess especially like pre-pandemic now, things have moved into that direction. It's been it's been really great. And, and now I'm looking to grow. And I think that's also what's been so tough about the pandemic. Like I, 2020 was actually my year to open a second location. I was pretty sure I would be able to open another location actually now in fall 2020. That is not happening. It is all about survival mode now. But I know like, it's not as if I won't be able to grow. It's just the timeline has changed, you know? And of course, right now, especially with the pandemic and a lot of small businesses aren't surviving. There are some that, you know, didn't get the small business loans and, you know, the help to help them keep afloat. So what's kind of setting you apart from everything else that's going on right now? Because you've almost had to circle back to your origins doing the e-commerce. Everything is online because, you know, during the social distancing, you know, city ordinances. I'm not sure how your city is moving with certain restrictions and businesses and what things you can and can't do. But how are you maneuvering through that now? Like what's your almost like a what do I do now with cake? Oh, that's such a great question. And I'm glad that's like from your perspective, you know, that that's what you're like um, observing for me. So honestly, I think it's like the community and my customers. I have really, really great customers. Like, I mean, just incredible people. And actually, when I started in 2017, half of my shop is crowdfunded. So instead of doing like traditional business loans, half of the money that I needed to start the shop, people contributed in a crowdfunding campaign. And like, so that I felt it feels like that was the start of like what has just been more and more and more beautiful community support for what I'm up to. So that's part of it. Like it would just be a really, really tough decision to to have to like even consider closing. Um, but that's not where I'm at at all. And part of that is just because I know there's such support from my community. Um, also, I know I have a great business idea. Like I just, I have a great business. Um, it's smart. Uh, it is like, it's meeting needs of our community. Um, and also like, my business is not recession proof, but like something that works when people don't have a lot of money, my business is still something that they're going to turn to because people always need clothes. <laughs> and if I'm selling clothes for much less than they cost in the store, you know, it, it feels like something that can really be sustained. Now, that being said, like, I, I mean, like I've been running the numbers and honestly, like we're doing, I don't know, less than half of what some months it's like 25% only uh in sales that of like versus the the month in the previous year so 2020 is shit like it's very tough but i i think also like we are and this is just i'm an optimist at heart i'm just like i don't know painfully so but something that i really believe is that like necessity breeds invention and like we are we meaning me and just like other business owners are forced to try new things and you know test different things out and I know that when we get back to a new normal those kind of things that we've tried those experiences are gonna make us even stronger because of it you know and one thing I definitely want to make sure I highlight is one of your events that 
I think is incredible. I think that is needed and necessary. And unfortunately, due to COVID, it was actually canceled. If you could talk about the fat splash that you put on each year and each summer, if you could please tell our listeners about it, because one day we will get back to it, and uh, they should definitely know exactly what it is. Oh, I'm so glad you asked about the fat splash. I, oh, This has been a weird year. So... The Fat Splash is a plus-size pool party, and I'm not the first person to invent plus-size pool parties. They've been going on for a very long time, but I knew, like, okay, I have a shop now. We got to do we gotta do one. And actually, I've been fortunate to do kind of several events with the shop. The Fat Splash is definitely, like, the biggest and the most noteworthy. So the first year, in 2018, that summer we had one, and I really didn't know how it would go. Like, I rented a really fancy airbnb and kind of like negotiated with the people i was like i just need the pool and like the bathrooms (laughs) can we like have a different rate you know Um, but it was still really expensive and so i like pre-sold tickets but told i was very clear with people i was like so we need this many tickets and if these many don't sell like you're all just gonna get refunds and we can't do it but it sold pretty quickly and and well and it was just so much fun i mean the feedback people shared it was like i've never felt this comfortable i've never been in you know like a swimming environment like this you know especially like for those of us with like living in plus size bodies you know pools like can be sometimes brought with like a lot of negative experiences and i think just like being in a space where people feel comfortable to be themselves was really positive plus it was just like oh best it was it was a great day so in 2019 i was like okay we're gonna do another fat splash and kind of geared everybody up for it i found a bigger venue you know we're doing a little bit bigger this year and the tickets sold out in less than 12 hours and people were just like crushed that they didn't get tickets. And I thought, oh my God, what what do I need to do? You know? And so I said, okay, well, if the venue will have us for a second date, we'll add another date. So I did, I added another date. And Sam, those tickets sold out in less than an hour. Like it was just wild, the demand. And they both were really wonderful and so fun. And like the same kind of vibe continued um, that we had from that first one in 2018. So this year, I mean, like, you know, coming off of those two fat splashes in 2019, I thought, oh, we'll do, I don't know, shit, we'll do eight this summer. You know, like I had thought we'd do a lot of them. And I was kind of dreaming about like maybe partnering with different organizations. I was just like kind of thinking about different things that could be part of those fat splashes this year. But unfortunately, we weren't able to have them because of COVID. But the energy is still there. And I'm happy to do them next summer or whenever it feels safe again. I know people will be really ready for it. So one thing I've definitely taken from this podcast episode and even in this conversation with you is that certain people embrace different titles, different labels differently. So, like me personally, I don't like the term fat because I think it's just derogatory. I don't think there's a positive connotation with it. But, you know, in following you and understanding, you know, someone that lives in that community and advocates for him, you've really kind of switched up how that's perceived. And if you can just explain, you know, what that means to you to really kind of break the norm and redefine a word that, unfortunately, some of the media gives out as a bad name. Yeah. I think that's safe. I think that's safe. Like, I think people choose their words carefully. And I think like, and I do that sometimes too. It's like, if I'm with a group of people, I don't know how you all like identify. Like I might use the most, I don't know, like the most, the the least, you know, like the word that I feel like most people will respond well to. And so I think like, yes, I call myself fat, but like, you don't need to call me fat. If you want to say plus size, I think it's totally appropriate. So in everything that you've done with the store, with the shop, with your personal brand, We've also created other opportunities from that. Like you have your own podcast now, and I want you to definitely highlight that. 
and how you've just expanded from an initial idea and continued to reinvent and add on to that is something that is not only inspiring, it's incredible, it's self-made. I, I just can't stop going back to the title of this episode because you absolutely did this on your own merit without anyone telling you, oh, we need this. You found it and you basically paved, lined up and owned this lane that you're in right now. And also a follow up question to that is in terms of really being a body positivity champion, I got to just call it for what it is. How does that make you feel just as a basically a public figure in the plus size community? Great question. Questions. OK, so like how it feels. I just I mean, I truly feel like I'm doing what I what I meant to do. I feel like really this is so woo woo, but I feel very like grounded in my purpose. You know, <laughs> it just sounds like some like hashtag boss babe thing, which is a whole the amount of like white women living off of their husbands who are in business, who are trying to tell me what to do with my business throughout the years has been a source of frustration. I think it's just like women in business, we're all coming from a different place, you know? And so that's where that, that's what that comment was all about. But I do feel like I am very like grounded in my purpose, doing what I meant to do. But like, am I satisfied? No, I don't think I'll, I mean, maybe that's just the kind of person I am, but like, no, I'm not satisfied. Meaning like, I, I mean, I, I go home happy at night, but like satisfied with meaning like I'm, I'm done. I don't need to do any more. Never. I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied, satisfied, satisfied. It's always like, what's next? I want growth for my business. I want more, you know, like the growth that we've seen around body positivity and like kind of the more militant brand of fat liberation, which I would identify with. Like, I just want more. I want that to be more and more mainstream, and I know that my work can help support that. I will also say, like, I think, you know, you were noticing, like, this all started, and then, like, it's it's been growing, and I have the podcast, and these other, you know, the events with the shop, and, like, all this is happening. And I think part of what allowed that to happen is a focus. Like, I think that I have just been able to really focus on a very specific set of needs in my community and it all sort of like feeds into each other like i have a podcast called matter of fat it's not like from the shop it's not like advertising for the shop but like i get to talk about things that i talk to people about in my shop you know so it all interrelates and it just feels very feels very powerful you know all right cat so i just gotta be honest i've picked up weight in the quarantine some unwanted pounds and you know, with certain gyms ain't open no more that I had free access to. I'm just not motivated to do much. But um, what's something that we can tell our audience in light of the pandemic to kind of have a different outlook versus just not liking it like I do? No, you know, I think everyone's comfortable with what they're comfortable with, but bodies do lots of body things. And what I've been telling everybody, because I mean, like what you're experiencing, actually, I know you're making light of it, but like truly, I think that's what a lot of people are experiencing. Like we're home, home for six months, like bodies are changing. But I would just like challenge you to think about the things that your body's doing. Like, hi, you're alive in the middle of a pandemic, you know? And so like if your body is changing a little bit, it's changing a little bit. You're getting through um, and, you know, better alive with a body that's like just a little bit different a little bit bigger than not right all right so i'm gonna get my little self-love on i'm gonna embrace whatever this COVID is given to me but i'm also trying to try to you know get back into a shape that is you know more recognizable like me but in the meantime it is about that time for me to wrap up this episode but i definitely want you to share how people can reach you how they can follow you your shop the whole night i just you know plug it right here sure 
Wonderful. So my name is Kat Palavoda. You probably don't know how to spell that, but I'm sure there'll be show notes for this. Um, and all of my social media is just my first and last name, Kat Palavoda. Um, my shop is called Cake Plus Size Resale, and we're the most fun on Instagram. Um, and the shop Insta is just Cake Plus Size, uh, and you can find us there. Kat, you can't be a guest on my podcast and not plug yours. Tell them about Matter of Fact. Oh, thanks, Sam. Oh, my pot. Mm-hmm. So, well, if you find me, it's all linked everywhere. But, like, uh, my podcast is called Matter of Fat, um, and we're at Matter of Fat Pod um, on all the socials. And I just built our website, and no one visits it. So, if you want to visit our website where you can see all the things that we're up to, it's matteroffatpod.com. Kat, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. Thank you again for stopping through on the What Do I Do Now podcast. Please make sure you follow her. Make sure you subscribe. Yo, this is just the beginning. And trust me, I still have some heavy hitters on the way. Definitely, definitely, definitely subscribe. Make sure you tell someone to tell somebody. Until next Monday, this has been What Do I Do Now with Sam Sermons.